welcome to the Get Offset podcast. I'm Emily. I'm Andrew. And I'm Louise from Dwarfcraft Devices. Yay. So glad to have you here, Louise. Thanks for having me, you guys. Of course. I always like to talk to Midwesterners the same way that Andrew <laughs> likes to talk to Californians. Californians, man. Super rad. <laughs> oh, yeah, sure. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Hey there. Now, Bobby, don't you go riding your tricycle down the stairs, don't you know? <laughs> That's, that's I'm not going to tip my hand with my Wisconsin accent uh, too hard here, but yeah, I, I've worked really hard. Actually, you know what? I don't really <laughs> have much of one, but I did live uh, my, my best friend and uh, college roommate. She's from Minnesota, St. Paul. And so I picked up some amazing things, mostly amazing recipes, but also I can do a pretty mean Minnesota accent. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a strong one. So much hot dish, too. Yes. Uh, my my trick for a, a like a Scani impersonation is I just stuff my mouth full of cheese curds and then I talk. <laughs> that's that's that sounds about right. Do you guys even have cheese curds out there? Oh hell yeah! But they don't but, squeak. But yeah, yeah so they you do. Don't have, you got to get the good ones. That Andrew, have you not been to the Angry Beaver? I haven't. I've been. I've only had the Beecher's cheese curds from around here. Last time I was at the Angry Beaver, I was just crying into a cheeseburger because I had a really bad day. And the bartender walks by and I said, it's just such a good burger. And he probably believed it. No, he did not. And my husband was like sitting across the table from me. He's like, people are going to think I'm breaking up with you. And I looked at him and yelled, you're leaving me for your wife? Oh, right. <laughs> he, he thought I, it was funny. I'm, I'm cringing. Like, I, I think I just shrunk into my chair a little bit i mean he 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 knew what he was getting into i you know he's a good sport and uh i think a little hard to to rattle that's fun so um i think it'd be really fun to talk about our cats today because it's in the afternoon so uh not much booze to talk about i wouldn't think yeah if you're drinking right now you're a terrible human being <laughs> why would any of us ever have like say a glass of red wine that would be crazy or, or yeah why would you have a gin and tonic at 1 in the afternoon on a sunday cats i cats. like cats i like cats <sighs> carrie um what can i say about carrie um i was gone for a lot of the week and uh obviously i'm her favorite human and the whole week i was gone apparently she didn't even sleep in the bed when rick was up there, she just stayed in her little cat cube, just protesting uh, the absence of me. And it's just its just so nice to come home to a cat that missed you. Not that it wasn't also great to come home to a husband who missed me, but uh, she's, she's softer, for sure. <laughs> yeah. My, my cat, who was my cat and did things like wait for me to get home, uh, died last summer. So we have two kittens in the house. Um, that we got in August and September and they are they're they're still too wild to be super cuddly or or really wait for anybody they just run around and bite each other all day <laughs> did you say what are their names actually uh Lucifer we call her Lucy and uh Marceline Marceline well. Marceline the vampire queen from Adventure Time <laughs> nice uh, and she is she's little and very bitey and full of scratches and and i don't know what else a lot of piss and vinegar in that one <laughs> to use a very midwest saying that is very midwestern <laughs> nice how's poppy today andrew poppy is 
Poppy is Poppy. She's, I think she's finally starting. Well, I take that back. So she had a phase where she was like attacking us sporadically. Oh, I remember that. And then she started to grow out of it and she's been mostly cuddly. And I've had a couple of lovely naps where she just like walks over to me while I'm like on my side and cuddles up in my arms and then I fall asleep. And then it's like time doesn't even pass kind of a moment. That's great. Aw, Princess Carrie Fisher has been sleeping under my armpit at night. That sounds uncomfortable. It's actually really, it's fine. <laughs> it's fine if she's turned with her face toward me, because if her, I'm sorry, if her butt is towards me, <laughs> I get tail in the face all night. That is a problem at our house, too. A lot of, a lot of tails in faces uh, as is... they climb us. Mm, yes. Poppy's considered, she sleeps at her feet like, like a good cat. So. Aww. Yeah, it's really nice. cute. But she she also like sleeps between Melissa and I, and uh, I feel like she's like I don't want her to come between us, you know. But <laughs> um, no, but this week she started getting a little feisty again. I'm not sure what's up with that and what's causing the sudden change. How old is she? It's an excellent question. We got her <laughs> in the late summer, early fall of 2016, so coming up on three years. Was she a kitten when you got her? Yeah, she was tiny okay. when we got her. Aw. Res- rescue. Carrie was about five when we got her, so she's an old, not not old, but older lady, uh, obviously graying from anxiety already. Aw. Oh, poor baby. <laughs> That's pathetic her, and her so life sweet. Is so, her life is so hard. <laughs> well, all she's right. being harassed by Harrison Ford all the time, so. Oh man. Just being chased by that old man. I, I I don't know much of like I don't know him in person, and I really like Han Solo and Indiana Jones, but I've heard horrible things about what kind of a human being he is. It makes me really sad. Well, I know that he had a romantic relationship with Carrie Fisher when she was nineteen, and he was much older, and, and also married. Um, but I do know that man knows how to land an airplane in an emergency situation without killing anybody. <laughs> that's gonna count for something multiple times it's almost like maybe he should just stop flying planes in these situations yeah Yeah. who shot first no oh hey hey there hey Uh, han duh i'm the kind of star wars nerd that has the uh the theatrical releases of episodes four five and six on dvd those are better than the the recent ones yeah i don't i refuse to watch the recut ones i just won't i'll walk out of the room it's yeah. garbage. Mm-hmm. You guys are in uh, nerd territory that I I cannot follow. <laughs> then let us move into a different territory that we can all appreciate and contribute to. A territory of sound. Of of sonic weirdness. That I'm I'm pretty comfortable over there. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Let, let's head that direction. Keep your hands and feet inside the vehicle at all times. This is going to be a bumpy ride. All right. So, Louise, you uh, you are at Dwarfcraft Devices. Can you tell me a little bit about what you do there? I co-own Dwarfcraft with my husband, Benjamin. Um, we started about 12 years ago, and it was just kind of his baby at first um, because he, back then we were 23, 24, um, and he had more wow, time than so money. Young back then um so we he took 40 bucks and bought some parts from i don't know mauser or small bear or something and um 
built a couple things up, uh, a square wave oscillator that he called the thumping double square snakes, and then <laughs> a uh, a fuzz pedal that was supposed to be a really nice overdrive. Uh, that was what he was going for. And it turned out to be the Great Destroyer, which I don't oh, know nice. if you've heard that yeah. pedal or played with it, but it is not at all in overdrive. It is not. Um, definitely not. Uh, so that was a happy accident. And then within a couple years, uh, business got too busy for him to handle all by himself. So I started taking over things like uh, email and then I started ordering parts and then I started building a little bit. And now... Um, I pretty much run the day-to-day stuff, the mm-hmm. uh, production schedule and the parts, and he does the um, most of the sound design, almost all of the art, um, content creation. He does a lot of the writing, um, and I don't know. We d- we we have things split pretty nicely. Nice. Um. So, did you already know how to solder? No, uh, but I've been doing it for probably eight nine years now nice um but i i had i mean i my major was in political science with a constitutional law emphasis like i i i I mean i i am a musician i played um upright bass uh classical and jazz in high school and college um so i i mean i definitely had a music background but no nothing with electronics at all man upright bass is no joke it's amazing Uh, though it is super fun and it screwed up my shoulder, my left shoulder so badly that I don't play anymore. I have an upright sitting in the corner of my office, uh, just kind of laughing at me every day because <laughs> I can't play it anymore. God bless old age, I guess. Yeah, that happens. I hear. So Andrew, does that make you feel a little, uh, <laughs> a little behind the times? Yeah. I, yeah. How old are you? <laughs> um, do you really want to know? Yeah. Oh, um, yeah, I'm only 24. Oh, oh baby. I was going to yeah. guess 25. And I know we've had this conversation, so I feel so bad. I'm like, you're like 25, right? I'm 24. Yeah. Oh, that's a great age. Yeah, you have more kids than I do. That's true. <laughs> Which is none. That's also true. These yeah. are all true statements that I can... I can support factually. <laughs> I like true statements. So, Louise, you got have you gotten uh you discovered a love for electronics and the the pedals or uh Oh, no, I I my job is rad. Um, yeah. We I mean, I get a little sick of soldering sometimes as anyone who does it a lot knows. It's it's a little boring. I watch a lot of crappy television while I'm building pedals. So I could tell you the entirety of the story arc from ER, which I just finished. Oh my all gosh. 15 seasons or something ridiculous <laughs> like that. Um, but I mean, we get, to, I, I do play electric bass um, still not as much as I would like to. Um, and I am the world's worst guitar player, but that is also sometimes fun. Um, I don't know. And- you haven't heard my husband. <laughs> There, he's also he's also a bassist. I'm really, really, really bad at it. Um, but it doesn't stop it from being fun sometimes. And so, I mean, so I get to come to work. I build pedals. We test them. I get to hear all kinds of new sounds, and um, it's it it's really it's been an amazing opportunity. That's awesome. Do you have a do you have a favorite kind of effect or just pedal in general that you all have? 
Uh, I tend toward the heavy stuff. So the the thing that's probably the most fun for me to test are the great destroyers. Um, I really, really love turning up loud, especially after everybody else has left. So my husband and I split days where we pick up our kids, um, from school or actually just the little one now, but, um, and so whoever is here late gets to do a lot of the testing. So the destroyers are still my favorite, uh, favorite ones to test, but I'm, it's been really fun to, this is the first reverb. The tree verb is the first reverb pedal we've ever done. That blows my mind. I know. Right. I don't know how we got through 12 years without making a stupid reverb pedal, but, um, (laughs) that's been really fun to listen to. I will admit there's only one that I don't like. Uh, I, I'm not a huge ring mod fan. So the yeah, original hacks, the original hacks was really a, uh, I, I tested those quickly and perfunctorily. Um, <laughs> and then hacks two, while much better, I'm just still not a ring mod fan. <laughs> I guess that. Uh, yeah. I, I had one ring mod. I had, uh, the DOD gonculator reissue. Yeah. I, I bought it cause Sweetwater had it for like 40 bucks and it was, it was on yeah, sale super right cheap. after my birthday. I was like, eh. And so I, I bought it, I played it for six months, and I sold it for like 80 or 90. Um, you know, I, they have their place. And I've heard, uh, I will, to to give it a fair shot, Warren Walker at um, is a sax player, wonderful sax player, sweet dude, um, at NAMM was playing through the hacks. Um, and it's it sounded so cool. He got sounds out of it that were wonderful and magical. I really like it on synth pedals, or uh, on synths and... Um, Keyboard stuff. I'm just not a huge guitar through ring mod fan. Was it T- Tommy Iommi from Black Sabbath? Isn't he a big ring ring mod dude? <clears throat> yeah, well, oh. there's there's ring mod. I'm pretty like, I'm like eighty percent positive that there's a, a light ring mod on Paranoid on the solo track. At least, huh. I don't um, know. Among uh, I mean, among other things, I know. That's the that's like when I think of ring mod and guitar, that's the sound that comes to my mind. Yeah, um, but it's not like heavily mixed in. It's still you can hear what the original note is. Um, yeah. So I don't know. I I I I don't hate it, but it wasn't enough for me to want to keep it around. But I want to <laughs> give it another shot someday. Yeah. Um, my favorite definitely was uh, running it into my organizer and getting a full like organ sound, and then running it into the ring mod just to, as a as a tweak to the sound okay yeah yeah i can see that being cool but i mean that's just a synth sound essentially so yeah 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 again i like it a lot on on the synths and keyboard sounds and turns out saxophone but that straight guitar i didn't know that tony iomi had any ring mod on his stuff so i'll have to go do a little bit of sabbath deep dive i could be wrong keep that in mind totally (laughs) on track (laughs) had a very long week I'm going to have to find out now. I'm just going to go on mute and shout out to my husband, Rick. Did Tommy <laughs> Iomi have a ring? And he's going to be like, I don't know what you're talking about. Google it. I could probably text Ben too. If I'm wrong, I'm just going to claim that I'm 23 and that that's just <laughs> why I'm wrong. That, so I'm a younger millennial. Leave me alone. Are you a millennial? Oh, yeah, because that's like 22 is the youngest. Do you still count as a millennial? I think yeah, it's like I, I think it's twenty two to thirty eight. 
It's something huh. like that. I, I'm definitely, I think it, the cutoff is like 96 or 97, uh, and I'm a 94 kid. So I definitely identify more on the millennial side. There's a yeah. few things with the Gen Zers I get along with, but I'm not a digital native entirely. And I, uh, I'm I, considered, I I'm considered a true millennial, like the heart of it. And my brother is somewhere between like the youngest Gen Xers and the oldest millennials. He's like, I don't want to be a millennial. I'm like, really? You don't want to be the person that killed TGI Fridays? I do. <laughs> but potato skins. Or the underwire in bras or uh, the, Oh, killing uh, the underwire in bras is my favorite. Yeah, that's, <laughs> it's currently my favorite also. And I think we are also killing the diamond trade, which yeah. I is excellent. I don't even have a diamond in my wedding ring. <clears throat> I don't either. And neither does my wife. Fun fact. So, haha. Uh-huh. But that was not for us. That was not uh, any moral standing when we were nineteen and twenty when we got married. Uh, it was just that we were too broke to get a diamond. But now I'm happy I don't have one. That might have been one of Rick's reasons to get me this ring. But um, <laughs> <laughs> mine's a moissanite, which was discovered in meteorites, and that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah I think beautiful. that's cooler than like slave trade stuff. But yes. that's just me. Way co- what do way I know? Cooler. <laughs> way cooler. I like killing napkins personally. <laughs> yes, also that. There's so many things that millennials are good at killing. I am also on the very edge of Gen X and uh, the millennial generation. So I'm, I'm definitely split between two. Um, But my little brother is 22 and he, he is on the flip side of that, just on the cusp of Gen X and millennials. So I, I wonder how he'll feel as he gets older too. It's a weird place to be just kind of in, yeah, uh, not quite in one or the other. Yeah. And my brother's gone between claiming like which one he is. Yeah. So, hey, depending on the depending on the popularity of each generation. Yeah, uh, he's like, "Oh, I love Nirvana and Alice in Chains." I'm like, "Okay, that's I mean, who doesn't <laughs> like Alice in Chains?" Me. me ah! <laughs> <laughs> okay. Sorry, I just I <clears throat> there's a yeah, not a, not a fan of that one. I also will admit right now that I am uh, totally and completely anti-Metallica. So, for the record, totally I, and completely, totally. That's isn't that I get a that. funny one? Okay. Um, have you heard the podcast? Your favorite band sucks because they actually have a two-parter on Metallica. I'm sure you'd appreciate. That's amazing. I'm gonna have to go. At, I'll I'll download it as soon as we're done here, and I go back to soldering uh, circuit boards because I am, and I love heavy music. It's not that I'm not. I mean, I'm I love metal, but can't that his voice i just nope can't do it <laughs> yeah uh my husband does an amazing amazing uh metallica version of um the frozen song let it go oh so i love doing you, that kind of thing if you ever have chance to do karaoke with uh ben He'll he'll do that one and it's amazing. I usually do just random songs in like a Bruce Springsteen slash Roy Orbison voice. <laughs> well, now we have to do karaoke. I mean, yeah. not me. I I don't actually ever sing at karaoke, but you can do it and my husband can do it, and I'll just buy you beer. I'll do like Dixie Chick songs as Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> really, just I, screw up. I just really screwed amazing. up everyone mentally in the Nashville honky tonk <laughs> uh, karaoke bars. Somebody's gonna give you a lesson and leave it. <laughs> Actually, that wasn't Bruce. I uh, wasn't the Dixie Chicks. 
I just like to do Chris Cornell impressions and keep in mind, I'm not a good singer. Yeah. How do you uh, do a Chris Cornell? Is that it? Is it something like that? Well, you just start really low and brooding, like kind of into Eddie Vedder territory. And mm-hmm. then you hit the falsetto, but you try to hit the falsetto in your normal range. You kind of force yourself <laughs> to falsetto early and okay. it just sounds awful. I, I, think, I think we need, um, I think we need an example from preferably a Disney song. Yeah, I haven't even had a full glass of wine, so <laughs> maybe another night. <laughs> I tell people there is not enough beer on the planet to get me to do karaoke in public. Oh, um, I'm an insane so introvert, I'm, I'm but yeah, but I love doing karaoke. I haven't done it in a long time. I I really love watching other people do it for what it's worth, but <clears throat> I am not a singer, so I'm not happening. I just don't like going to like karaoke and then someone actually tries. It's like, well, thanks for ruining it for the rest of us. Oh my gosh. Like when I have to be serious now. Okay. When I lived in Nashville, I would go and it would be like a bunch of drunk tours to get there and they'd be like, I'm from Oklahoma. And then they would sing their favorite Martina McBride song. (laughs) But then one day I went uh, to karaoke and there was this, you know, bigger woman shaved head, like a Looney Tune shirt. She gets on stage and I'm like, "I, I don't know what to expect legitimately had the most beautiful voice i've ever heard in my life that's amazing and there were a lot of people who go to karaoke in nashville just they were like session background singers and they just kind of go to stay sharp or whatever yeah yeah but isn't that I what open totally mic that. night is for uh, it's kind of front one it's there are a lot of lines at open mic light nights in nashville um well that makes sense and uh yeah i don't th- i i think most of the open mic nights in nashville are for like songwriters Mm. not just yeah, for singers not yeah. just covers okay that makes sense i i haven't lived in nashville so i'm boring eight years man i love nashville i loved that loved was, nashville that was a fun one we ben and i were down there for a, a very strange trade show in a hotel uh that was supposedly where all of the musicians that came through brought their mistresses on the way to or from the airport um was it the sheraton I don't remember the name <laughs> of it. Uh, the only, It was really hideous decorating, lots of um, animal prints everywhere, and the most ladybugs I've ever seen in any building <laughs> in my life. Um, but we did a trade show there, and so we spent, I don't know, maybe four or five days in Nashville, and it was so fun. Are you going to go to Summerdam? Uh, I don't usually. Ben usually goes to that one uh, with a dude named Peter who we call our booth babe because he's adorable <laughs> and wonderful and is That's really amazing. He's 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 my favorite person. He's so good to travel with and he is a really good guitar player, which I, as I stated previously, I am not. So when you go to Nashville, it makes a lot more sense to bring somebody who can shred a little bit. Oh yeah, so he, he usually goes down for that one. Do always tunes before they play. <laughs> yes, that's so funny because we were just talking about booth babes in our last episode. We're like, there oh, are no well, guy booth babes. Well, we bring one. His name is Peter, and he's wonderful. Oh. Um, but yeah, the I could talk a lot about the booth babes. There were only a few this year at Winternam, uh, but they are way over the top and every time i'm surprised i see him every yeah, time i get that um so let's take a second to thank our sponsors before we hit the topic because we are hashtag blessed 
That's one hashtag. Yes, that's a hashtag. That's the hashtag the millennials use, right? I think that's what the kids are into these days. Ah, blessed. I don't know. I don't know what those kids are getting into. I'm just so worried about them. Mm. Uh, the kids are probably, all right. Probably <laughs> vaping. I don't know. Vaping. They're sharing jewels. Yeah. I, getting I mono. I mean, when I was a kid, we got mono the old-fashioned way by sharing hookahs. <laughs> Ooh. Actually, I avoid. I avoided the mono from that one. Though my. <laughs> I remember my college boyfriend was did did hookah one night with a bunch of people, and then a bunch of them got mono. And I was like, "If you get mono from smoking hookah, I'm going to punch you in the mouth." I'm pretty sure that's how I got it in college, but yeah, I miserable. think I got mono the old-fashioned way, which was making out in high school. Uh, that was the only time I ever got it. Definitely wasn't from smoking anything. I think that makes you Gen Xer. It does, at least. Fair, fair. I I got mono from sharing a dessert at a trivia night. Oh no! Yeah, <laughs> what a drag! It was a good dessert. Was, I though. hope it was a really good dessert. Yeah, it was like a chocolate b- brownie. It was warmed with ice cream on top. It was pretty good. Uh, I hope you know how much of a millennial you sound like right now. <laughs> I mean, I am a core millennial from a chart yeah. I saw today that had uh, generations divided by um, gaming consoles with my uh, Nintendo sixty four, Xbox original, GameCube, Nintendo person here. <clears throat> Super Nintendo and original Nintendo. <laughs> yep, that, Super we, we had we had those at the house because of my brother. They I have a Super fun. NES hooked up to my TV right now. So the SNES was the best. That was probably the last time I liked video games. Also, did you have the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles game? No, that was we my didn't. favorite. No, right. I think my neighbor had it, but uh, we had Duck Hunt and oh, Duck Hunt. Uh, what else? I don't even remember Mario. I'm sure Zelda. <clears throat> I'm not much of a video game person though, so that's about as far as my knowledge and memory extends. I've probably said this before, but I pretty much stopped playing video games the day I picked up a guitar. That sounds about right yeah. for me. Well, anyways, let's uh let's thank our sponsors uh, because we are indeed hashtag blessed and millennials of the sort. Uh, let's go with sponsor Numero Uno. Uh, Chad Jennings at Jennings Guitars is super awesome. Uh, definitely check out his stuff. He does very, very, very reasonably priced uh, guitar builds. I think his Tele build is called the Navigator, and that goes for less than an American professional, brand new. Which is for, like, which is bananas. Options. Yeah, and like handmade by him. It's, it's he's a one man shop right now. It, like so, top to bottom, you know, he's the master luthier that takes care of all of that. So check his stuff out. Uh, I'm sorting out some details. I'm trying to figure out if I can get a voyager deluxe from him this year oh, i hope you and can. i think it i'd be so jealous I think it's, I, it's gonna be a version of the uh the dream guitar that we had talked about on our dream guitars episode and i i'm really 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 hoping i get this sorted out but i think it's gonna happen we'll see so yeah. we'll stay tuned for that so you'll have you'll you have your up. beautiful custom jennings guitar and i'll have my beautiful custom tuna tone yes so it'll be the year of delightful 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 custom guitars are you gonna try to get pink that that's the plan. I'm not sure I'm gonna go to full dog hair, but it's I'm going right now. I'm looking at pink, uh, so shell pink, and tort guard double cream bound with natural back and sides, baked maple neck, uh, and I don't know if I'm gonna pay extra for an inlay or not. Do what you want. That's wanna. kind of where I'm leaning right now. Yeah. So sounds yeah sounds cool, with labor tones. 
Oh, I'm gonna go for uh, I'm gonna go for gold foils. I've always wanted a guitar with gold foils. They sound great. Um, and if I'm gonna get a guitar with a Bixby on it, that's gonna be a fun ambient kind of guitar. And gold foils just sound great for that. Awesome. Um, so another sponsor we have for this episode is Dwarfcraft Devices. Yeah. What, what, hey, what? I have the Grazer and the um, Twin Stags. I love them both. Um, I'm crazy for tremolo, so the twin stags really spoke to me. And gosh, you can just get so many great sounds out of it. And I also want to shout you out for fixing it when I broke it. Well, I'm not sure what and if you broke it or if it just broke. To be fair, uh, but happy to help. I saw I saw a post about it on Twitter, and it was two pedals. And uh, there was a post next to mine that just said "effed." <laughs> like, oh man. <laughs> Yikes. That was- that would be Ben's handiwork. His uh, post-it notes on the repairs, he'll test them, and they are—they're usually pretty excellent. Oh, that was—that made me laugh. I was like, "Oh, sad." <laughs> and the other one next to it said, "Not effed." <laughs> and then the grazer—the yeah, grazer is so cool too. That one is really fun. When we first started uh, working on that one, I thought Ben was crazy. Like the way he described it is like that's going to sound like shit. Um, but of course he was correct. It did not sound like shit. it's super fun. Um, and hopefully we'll have a version two of that out this year, uh, where you can pitch it down in addition to, up. Oh, that'd so be wild stay tuned for that. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. That sounds like a bass pedal in the works. Yes. Ooh. I love taking bass and sending it down an octave. Yes, that is uh should be should be super fun. I'm maybe I'll have to pick one of those up. Well, you know where to find me. <laughs> <clears throat> and our third sponsor is Drumroll. I'm not going to do a drumroll, Andrew. <sighs> Fine, then you have to announce a sponsor. <laughs> I'm not going to do that either. No. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm so sorry. This is a very Midwestern themed episode. Um, we're also going to give a shout out to Zvex, um, based out of Minneapolis. And we just picked up um, a couple pedals of theirs. Let me grab the box. Um, the Shout out to Thomas. He's the homie. Yes. And especially shout out to those cats. Heck yeah. I think one's Ramona and I forget the other. I'm bad with pet names. I'm worse with people names. I'm just bad with names in general. We got the Fuzz Probe, which is basically a fuzz and a theremin that you control with your foot. It's pretty rad. Yeah, I got to wait for my husband to get out of the house, I think, before I really mess around with it. Because, you know, (laughs) he's such a patient man. I just can't uh, take advantage of that patience too much. That's reasonable. Yeah. And the other one we got is the um the Vextortion. It's their uh I think it's their GTM forty five. It is I, I don't see it says Vextron. Yeah. It, it's the red one with the sub switches on it. Yeah. It's good. I like it a lot. I'll, I'll re- go ahead and repeat again. I'm terrible with names. People, pets, pedals. Um <laughs> But no, it's super cool. It's a it's a it's a variation on their box of rock, which is one of the greatest distortions ever made. But I like the flexibility of this guy, and I'm excited because I haven't had a Marshall box sound since I sold my Mr. Black BB74X. Nice. So I've I've been missing that sound for a while. Yeah, that fuzz, and you know, yeah, I'm just really glad that we picked these up. 
Um, gonna trade them around a little bit and hopefully shoot some some videos with them. Make some noise. Make some crazy um. noise, like in the middle of the day. Only only a few of my neighbors work from home. Also. <laughs> well, there you go. We have a we have a senior center uh, next door to us at the shop. You're kidding? Because so I also no. have a senior center in my backyard. Yeah, it's uh, basically like a senior daycare, um, and they're only open a couple days a week, so we can be loud the other days. But we have to uh, keep things pretty tame around here most of the time, which is funny because people think that we're probably just always loud all the time. Um, but nope, we have a senior center next door, so we cannot be. That's very nice of you guys. Oh no, the devil's music. <laughs> yeah, uh, nine one one. There are some weird noises coming from next door. Sounds like someone's being injured. Uh, no, no, Betty, that's just in your head. Let's go back yep. to sleep now. It's nap time. It sounds kind of like a spaceship is taking off, but louder. <laughs> All right. Yep, so thanks to everybody who helps make this podcast uh, possible. Indeed. It is a lot of fun. We are indeed hashtag blessed by all these people. So today's topic. Bad men. Bad men. <laughs> so Men in quotation. Oh, no, we'll talk about that. <laughs> we'll talk about that. But um, so I was um, just sitting with my grandmother this past week and I look at my phone and New York Times did this big article about um, seven women who came out to to say that Ryan Adams was uh, emotionally abusive and uh, and and worse things also. Um, if you can't get much worse than that, and I just kind of want to talk about it a little bit because um, it kills me because Ryan Adams really was one of the reasons I played music. He's one of the reasons I wrote songs. Um, definitely influence influence especially my acoustic guitar playing more than anyone else and honestly my songwriting more than anyone else so um just briefly and i think i've I've said this a few times in you know the facebook group and in different places what really kills me is that um a person who inspired me to play music um made even one talented woman quit it i think there's just that heartbreaking line in that article that I keep going to and just kind of keeps me up at night that says she never played another gig. And I kind of want to talk about this because this is not an isolated incident. There are going to be more stories about this that come out imminently. And I know a few of the names that are going to be announced. I'm not going to say here, but um, it's going, it's going to kind of rock the indie world because so far music has been, relatively cordoned off from the me too era and i know there are abusive men in power who we've just kind of ignored look at like kesha and dr luke and uh he still has a career and he almost destroyed hers and um gosh there are just other examples um r kelly you know just recently because of this lifetime series that came out uh but those are both popular music examples. Indie rock. Well, everybody's been making jokes about R. Kelly for years. It's not like we didn't know. We about knew. That. I mean, we knew and we didn't care. Well, I mean, well, I don't know. Right. What... And there was there was a video of him with a child. I mean, everybody knew what was going on and no one wanted to uh, go after him or hurt their own careers 
by standing up for those women. Yeah, because it would kill, kill a man's career even. Right. I mean, I think yeah. the most I've heard anyone speak out about R. Kelly was uh, in Macklemore's thrift shop when he makes the joke about R. Kelly's sheets smelling like piss. I mean, that's like the farthest I've ever heard anybody go after him. Yeah. Well, before the Lifetime series. Yeah. And there have been other kind of comments like that. Um, but if you watch that Lifetime series, it really kind of shines a light, I think, on how he kind of got away with it for so long. But, um, well, go ahead. Yeah, and there was one there was one journalist who was gunning for him for a decade. Um that one one journalist who I forget his Jim name Jim from um, the Chicago Tribune. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, he spent the majority of his career tracking that stuff um at great risk to his own career. Um but no one cared. I mean, he documented everything, which is how that the Lifetime documentary uh, a lot of the sources came from his work, um, but nothing happened. And that that will never not be amazing to me Yeah, that people protected him for that many years. Oh, well, he was a check. And and it's interesting to me because um, I, I God, I just blank on his last name. But um, that journalist, uh, actually, Ryan Adams hated that guy. And that's that's how I had heard of that journalist, because Ryan Adams left like a nasty vo- voicemail on his machine. Uh, several years ago but um an indie rock awakening is coming and it's just so painful i think a lot of people are going to be really hurt by finding out that um these things that we knew about in emo music these things we knew about in regards to r kelly and dr luke they're not isolated events they're actually kind of the norm and to some level i think that every woman in music has known a man who um has behaved badly and has you know throttled their own um ability to make music and uh kind of killed whatever spirit they had because of just bad behavior and whether or not you realized it at the time how messed up it was you i think time has you know made it clear to me uh those those experiences in in my life and that person in my life you know He's, he's not a criminal and he shouldn't go to jail and his life shouldn't be ruined, but he just like for years, just his behavior that it just destroyed me. And it wasn't until I, you know, met my husband that I realized, you know, what a real and healthy relationship looks like and what it actually means for someone to encourage you creatively. And, uh, I was, it, it took me, you know, years to find him and get out of, this sort of weird uh, hole that I was in. But um, yeah, I think every woman has this story in, in music and I'm sure I know for a fact that it's prevalent in, you know, the gear industry as well. <clears throat> yeah. To, I mean, I, to be honest, I haven't heard, um, I have not heard stories about men taking advantage of other women. I do hear stories about, and and my own experience, men just not taking women as seriously, um, which is damaging in its own way. Um, but I, I I don't know. I I'm I'm I might just not have heard some of the stories. Maybe they're out there, and I'm just not privy to them. I mean, that's that's possible. I think that though, what you're saying about women not being taken seriously, and I know fellow builders that I've personally gotten into it with, and just have been kind of almost shocked at the blatantness of the terribleness of it oh 
Now I'm remembering what you're talking about. Yes. Yeah. Huh. <laughs> Got it. Edit that part out. Um, yeah. No, I, I mean, there are some, I tend to run with the boutique smaller companies um, and most of them are wonderful, amazing people. Um, but there are definitely a few out there that would prefer women to just never um, bother them about behavior and never ask for them to change anything and the pussy melter pedal and the fallout from that and who wanted the women involved to be quiet and who didn't was really disappointing to me. Really, really disappointing. Yeah. It's kind of, um, it's sort of amazing to me that that even exists now, but I guess it shouldn't be. Um, you just think that you get past these things. And I mean, yeah. as far as like, I'm sure people are just so sick of hearing about the pussy melter, but I feel like there's a, there's a time where something that starts as a joke becomes real. Whether it's like a goofy mustache or a, a pedal with a terrible name like that, like, even if it starts as a joke, it does become real. And I think that you, as the creator of that joke, you need to bear some responsibility for for uh for that. And I don't know what that really means, but or, how, or what that looks well, like. Well, and that's what gets that's what gets so tricky because obviously culture changes. So. And the jokes I make personally uh, with people who I know and love and trust are different than the jokes I would make publicly with people who don't know me. So if I can make a, you know, I make dirty jokes all the time, but would I make them in front of, you know, some 18 year old guitar player who is new to the industry and she doesn't know anyone and she's vulnerable? Of course not. Yeah. And it seems like a lot of these men would prefer to be able to do whatever they want, wherever they want, without really thinking about how that impacts others. And that's just not how I function as a human being in general, business and personally. Yeah. I I don't ever want to be responsible for someone else saying, you know what, I'm just, that's not an industry I want to go into. Yeah. Um, or that's not a job I want to have, uh, especially when it comes to a creative endeavor like music, where I want you know, I, I would think the whole point would be to lift people up and that does not seem to be the general vibe. Yeah. Um, and that, that makes me so sad because I want people to be inspired by the work we do, not discouraged. Yeah. It's like, I remember, um, when Guitar World had, like when I was 14 and seeing just their gear guide and it was the bikini gear guide back then. Oh, and when God. they when they announced they were going to stop doing and it really turned me off. I like unsubscribed from the magazine. Mm -hmm. I, I, you know, had, there was a potential there for me to be a big fan of it for a long time. And ultimately, I just was like, you know what? No, I'm just going to look up tabs on the Internet. I'm just going to read things on the Internet. And um, when they decided to go away with that, uh, there was like a Reverb.com article about it. And I yeah, commented, I, I'm I like, yeah, that. I'm like. I'm so glad to see this because, you know, when I was a 14 year old girl, like it made me feel like I wasn't wanted in this culture and the trolls came out and they said, and they, yeah. and they were talking to me as if I was an adult woman who could look past these things. I'm like I was 14 years old. Like now as an adult woman, I'm like, that's kind of despicable and bad and gross. And, but at 14, like I didn't have that confidence. I didn't have the understanding of the world. All I knew. Yeah, you don't. Yeah. You can't put it in context at that age. You don't understand that that's not everyone. That that's a small component of the gear industry. 
it it makes it feel like you have to live up to that standard in order to be a woman in music because that's um, the mainstream and I remember, right right funny story about that uh the that gear guide i actually got an email from the guitar world um uh i forget what her title was um advertising executive there somewhere and she said you know we want to have dwarfcraft be a part of this and we want to um we think you do really well with our magazine and i said you know i looked it up and i'm not a guitar player so i wasn't acutely aware of the bikini section of that gear guide um and i looked it up and i looked at their website and i emailed her back and i said no no way there's no way i'm participating in this as long as you guys do a bikini model version of your gear guide. I want no part in it. And I ran into her maybe a year later and she thanked me and said that was they, you know, they did away with it because enough companies said we won't be affiliated with this. We won't advertise with you. Um, so that, you know, you have to take a little bit of heart that there are people in the background trying really hard to make the gear industry a better place for women. But it is so frustrating when you go online And you post a pretty innocuous comment like, hey, I'm glad this is gone. And the men just act like you've taken away their puppy and killed it. You know what I mean? Like, you can look up boobs on the internet so easily. Why does it have to be related to your guitar gear? How can you not separate Yeah, and you can look up boobs on the internet with relation to guitar gear, I'm sure. Right. I don't care. If if a woman wants to model with her guitar or her someone else's guitar, I don't give a but does it have to be in the advertising for gear makers and guitar builders? I mean, I I just don't understand why they can't separate that in their own. Like head. if a Dean guitarist wants to actually release a Dean bikini, maybe that makes sense. Maybe. Right. <laughs> Let somebody wear their damn bikini, <laughs> but to pay those models. And, and I have nothing against the models who take that gig. Of course, they they're just trying to make their money and I'm not shaming them in any way. Um, But as an advertising move, it just it feels so dated and so silly at this point. Just just move on because the rest of the world. But it's so cool to hear that that the a big reason that stopped was because brands were like, nah. Well, that's what I was told that. I mean, that's what I heard. And um best guitar effects i think is the website name um i had a similar conversation with them they had models holding guitar pedals pictured all over their website and i said look man i like your i like your reviews of things but i won't work with you as long as there's naked ladies on your website and i he had heard the same thing from other people and made a decision to get rid of it so it is it is changing there are people who are working to make it uh, change. And I don't mean to take credit myself, but I was just one of several, many, maybe, I don't know how many, but, um, and I, I, the world is moving in the right direction. And I think a lot of this outing of these stars is part yeah, of it, absolutely. Right? This, the idea that we're, we're going to bring it out into the light so that we can improve the situation. And it's kind of like Andrew, when you, um, said men in quotation marks, what did you, can you, can you talk to us about what you mean by that? Um, I'll, I'll answer that question as soon as, uh, I, I just want to say my piece a little bit, what we've said so far. And, uh, I think it's really neat that companies are willing to listen to what everybody's saying. 
and to say, you know what, if everybody's not with us, you know, we'll drop it. That's that's cool. On the other hand, though, like I, I wish the reason why companies were dropping this kind of advertising is because it's super uncool, like for the sake of the advertising itself, you know, um, and that maybe that's just the idealist in me. And I know that money drives a lot of things, but I'd like it to not be a, well, shoot, we're running out of companies we can advertise with because everybody's jumping off the wagon. I guess we need to also jump too. I want it to be because we have respect for women. We have respect for the people in this industry and we feel that this is un, not cool of us to continue to do. And I wish that was the reason for that. Um, I don't know. That's just kind of my thought there. But I agree with you for what it's worth. I wish that that was the situation. Um, but until there are more women running these companies and in those meetings and having those discussions, I don't think that's going to be the yeah. case, honestly, until it's right. uh, di diversity is really what seems to be holding that back. If you have a bunch of 50 some year old white dudes in a room, they're going to have the same conversations they had 30 years ago. Um, and it's amazing to me that they haven't grown. Uh, it seems like they haven't grown much past the 70s and 80s version of women in gear um mm -hmm. but maybe someday we'll hit that that mark I, I mean i think it will i think what we're seeing right now is progress i mean i, I see a lot of hope in what we're seeing right now um i'm seeing hope in the fact that companies are dropping this whether or not it's for the right or wrong reasons it is dropping and uh, with that culture does shift following that. And I don't want to sound pessimistic, uh, but I mean, I think we probably said the same thing in like 1997 during the era of Lilith Fair. Right. Or even mm. before that, when I was listening to Bikini Kill as a oh, kid yeah. going, oh, thank God, you know, it's, it's finally changing. There's a punk band that is speaking my language at 14, you know? Um, right, right. And yet here we are. And I'm, you know, mid to late thirties having the same conversation that I was certain would be gone when I was 15. You know what oh, I mean? Definitely. Like right. I was certain by the time I hit this point in my life, things would be better. Well, I mean, I'm under no illusions that's going to change quickly, but I, I, what I am under the illusion of is that there are more increasingly more and more people who are, um, friends in this industry, who people that we can trust, feel safe with, who, uh, share the same set of ideals and for that i'm grateful i think there's some been some really great changes even just recently uh and i think between uh something like last year with the the pussy melter and how the, the response that we saw out of that uh i mean like you said you it was really interesting to see who stood up and said something and who defended and uh it, it was disheartening and encouraging all at the same time to see how many people were willing to stand up um and disheartening to see that people who are willing to defend. It's been great but... to me to see, like, within 24 hours, Ryan Adams getting dropped from his guitar pedals, from um, from the guitar he was going to have made, from the, the amp he was going to have made. So, like, shout out to all those companies for, you know, not sitting on it. Um, because, like, just the facts of the matter is sexual assault is falsely reported maybe 8% of the time. And when you bring a second unrelated woman into it, it drops to less than 1%. That there are seven women who aren't related to each other, who probably don't know each other, and some of them didn't know the others existed. Like, he did this. Like, I don't want people, I don't want to mince my words. Like, I believe that he 
used his power to sexually get what he wanted out of women. Young women. Yeah, young, young women. Girls. Young women. Girls. Yeah, but even 20. That part infuriates me. I don't, right? I mean, I mean, personally, a little bit more about me is I have a background. My undergrad is in, um, I went to a private Christian university and my, my undergrad is in youth ministry. And I, I care a lot about kids and like teenagers, like middle school, high school, college age students. Like th- these are the kinds of people that I care a lot about. And I've spent a lot of my, my time and resources learning how I can best help. And to hear that someone has done something so disgusting is just that kills a part of my soul to hear. And it makes um, it even worse as I get older. When I think about myself, I'm 36. So when I look at a 20-year-old, and this was about the age spread that there was between Ryan Adams and uh, Phoebe Bridgers. Um, right. So looking back, I mean, I just can't imagine picking out somebody that's my brother's age, early 20s, and going, yes, that's the kind of person I, I will pursue. Like, that's how I know that it's it's so much creepier than I realized when I was a kid and got hit on by older guys. Um, because you just think, oh, I'm so mature. Well, no, no they're they're The problem gross. is that you're and not you just, mature enough to, like, see through the No, you can't see through any And that's what's so scary. And those men know that. They know that. They know how vulnerable you are. And they know how much somebody like Phoebe Bridgers wanted that. She wanted a career. She didn't, she wasn't looking for a knight in shining armor. She was looking for a career and she was hungry to work for it. So if somebody comes along and is complimentary and sweet, you just get, it's so easy to be taken it's in by that. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, it's it's a power play is what it is. And it, it's gross. And I, I just don't, I, I had a really, I, I did end up reading through the whole article. I've read through a bunch of the articles uh, in relation to this case. It just, it's so hard for me to to get through. And that's me saying that as a man who's, uh, as a white man at that. And just that's, I can't imagine. I, I don't know. That's just so hard for me to, to get. Yeah. It's just like it. when you're 40, um, you don't have enough in common with a 20 year old. Just. <laughs> No, my God. What are you what are you gonna talk about? I don't know. I like even just past the age thing, because I I don't know. I've I've met couples who have had age gaps of between twenty ten and twenty years. I think that's less of the issue. It's more of the you're it's clear that you're taking advantage of someone. This what this isn't the kind of thing where there's a mutual kind of deal going on. It's like between two consenting adults, that's that's great and all, but if there's someone who's clearly using their power and influence to twist things. That's where it, that I have a real issue. Yeah, and to, and also to be clear, yeah. like okay, everything that happened with a woman over the eighteen age of eighteen, not explicitly illegal as far as like my understanding of what happened, still disgusting and something right. that I would not imagine yeah. any brand would want to associate themselves with. Right, that's not the kind of guy I want to be friends with. It, well, and that's actually my husband and I had a long conversation about that, which is so. Obviously, he was gross with the young girl, and we don't know what exactly happened outside those text messages. There are 3,000 of them or whatever. And as somebody who has teenagers, you know when you're texting a teenager. Oh, totally. Like, there's no way he didn't think she was And he And he had Google. Like, you think he didn't look her up on Google? Like, come on. Like, she was playing playing shows. No way those articles didn't say... 
blah 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 14 year old bassist or guitarist for virtuoso or right right and you know she probably had I mean, I, I guess I, I don't want to say she definitely had social media, but the first thing I would do if somebody, if I were working with somebody in a professional capacity would be to look up their social media, uh, to find out what they look like, what their vibe is, what they're posting. Um, and that's just general reconnaissance I do with everybody we work with. Um, and so I'm sure he did the same thing or someone around him did the same thing. But what gets me is that kind of guy is unpleasant. I mean, nobody who worked with Ryan Adams, I've never heard a positive story. Oh about no, absolutely right? not. So in my, in my industry, there's a lot of people who talk about him. Nobody has ever told me, oh yeah, he was just a real sweetheart to work with. Just a total joy. So guys knew he was a head and I, this, it will never not mess me up that men make so many allowances for other truly unpleasant imagine men. like um like, like we, talk, we talked about in this podcast like amanda ghost being the cap the president of whatever record label being unpleasant got her fired within a year oh yeah just being unpleasant right and i got called the um scariest person in the gear industry because i yelled at somebody one time because their company a vendor of ours did a bad job many, many times in a row. And I called him and had words with him. And that made him say I was the scariest. Really? I think the scariest right? person so, is someone who yeah. follows women around <laughs> on the internet to find screenshots of them saying something vaguely sexual and then accuses them of self-objectifying. That's scarier to me. Right. That's scary, right? So I'm the scary one because I asked someone to do a good job at their job, Right. Um, so women are not allowed to be bitchy or forceful or anything, but these men walk around and they're just truly unpleasant people. And I want to know what makes that go. Why don't men see someone like Ryan Adams and say, oh man, he's really a drag to tour with. I don't want to do that anymore. Let's find someone who's less mopey or bitchy or whatever. Petulant. Exactly. The throws fewer tantrums um what is it about that kind of guy that sucks because it's not even in? like he was selling a ton of records like he was big and indie but like no. come on there are lots of people were big and indie i don't know why such like and then suddenly like he got huge somehow in like adult contemporary don't really understand how that happens like his music got really bad and then he got big in adult contemporary <laughs> i mean i could speak a little bit to that question um being being a guy who's been around other guys like that and it and have taken have have i've been the guy to call someone out and i've also been the guy to you know just let it slide you know it and i, I don't know it, i i i'm only 24 and my life experience is limited with it but the that dynamic i'm familiar with and just the way you described it is like well why would a guy kind of let that go uh and it's like I'm just sitting here like I kind of feel a little guilty because I, I I can think of multiple examples of where I've been the guy to just kind of let it go. It's like, all right, well, okay, we'll just we'll deal with this. This will blow over. We'll get past it. Um, yeah, it just it. Well, it's not like everyone who's this, like a petulant child is also like a, a sexual abuser, right? But every time you see, I mean, I think that men see things that happen with women, and my my thing is right. Not every guy that's a 
a unpleasant person is is going after 14 15 year old girls right that's not w- the argument i'm making but when you see a guy like that who's really unpleasant and bitchy and throws temper tantrums when he doesn't get what he wants then you also see him texting with a young girl and you i mean somebody saw fights with his significant others and girlfriends and whatever um that's like in totality i'm sure that somebody said god he's really to women and no one seems to have and you look at his lyrics like after this and you're like oh god yeah these are like mildly abusive (laughs) well right and i'm not i'm not a huge fan so i'm not i i don't have um I haven't spent a lot of time with his lyrics, so I'll have to take your word for it. But lots of the time they tell on themselves um, way before any any word yeah. gets out. But, um, Andrew, can we just get back into, like, the idea? Again, like, the men in quotation marks. Because I know we were talking about this a little bit before we started recording, and I, I said, I'll save it for the episode. <laughs> yeah. Um, first, let me tell a story, uh, something that happened to me while I was in college that might give a little perspective, not at all. And I I don't want this to be like a defensive, like this is why it's okay for men to let this kind of behavior go, but maybe just uh, add a little nuance to the, the conversation of how I think maybe some of this does happen. It's not necessarily that all the other men around Ryan Adams were terrible people. Um, I I think it's nuanced. I think it's something that we need to be aware of as we continue to tackle this. Uh, So, the story I've got for you is I was out, I was in college as my junior year. We were, um, I went to college in LA at a little school called Azusa Pacific University. And we had gone out to go have some drinks and play pool at uh, this place in Arcadia. So it's a few cities over. I didn't have a car. Uh, someone drove me there and I got a ride home from someone else. And on the way back, we were, I, was, uh, I was sitting in the passenger seat up front. And the driver, uh, we pulled up to a stoplight. The driver rolled down the window uh, and he just started yelling out the window at this lady. And I was like so confused as to what was going on. And part of this is just the, I was, I, I grew up fairly sheltered. And I didn't really understand what was going on. He's like, hey, baby, you want to get in the car? I'm like, what the hell are you doing, dude? Like, uh, and, I, and I, I hate to admit, but I, I didn't say anything. I just didn't know what to say. I was. I was confused. I was flustered. I was really embarrassed to have been the one with the car rolled out, like sitting next to the window that had rolled down. I was like, what? Don't look at me. No. Like, what is he doing? Like, can we just, the light's green. Let's go. Like, she looks freaked out. Like, what are you doing? Uh, and I just, I didn't end up saying anything. I, I didn't want to walk the rest of the way home. And we were still, it was at night in LA and I, I didn't have a phone on me and it, so on and so forth. And uh, there's, there's a sense of me wanting to protect myself, not having to walk home, not wanting to sound like the that guy for like oh what why do you have a problem with that man like kind of be the one guy in a minivan full of bros to go against yeah. the bro culture and i was just i was really um and i can imagine that that's that's not at all a blanket statement for this kind of situation um but it's it's hard it's I don't know this is where the men in quotations things start to, starts to come in because i feel like at that moment that wasn't me embracing what it means classically i think to to be a man quote unquote um and that to me that would have been to be a man quote unquote in that situation would have been like hey dude what the heck that's not okay 
we're let me out of the car now. I'm calling the cops. I'm going to go talk to that lady and we're going to report this to the police and you're going to get uh, something for harassment uh, or something, something like, I don't know what that would have looked like, but something more firm, like that's not okay. Make it clear. Um, but there's just so much more to it within that kind of a situation. And I imagine in an industry where someone, um, even like another man, like man to man, someone, Ryan Adams of the industry, who's got some prestige and you're just the sound engineer. You're just the, the guy who's playing guitar for that tour. I mean, you don't necessarily have the, I mean, it's all a risk and it's not at all the same equivalent risk. And I don't want to try, I don't want to sit here and play the card that men are the victims by any stretch of the imagination. Cause well, that's not it, what's and going on. I think on. that you're aware uh, that it, like, there's that, that quote by Margaret Atwood that men are afraid that women are, will laugh at them and, Women are afraid that men will kill them. Yeah. Yes. So you're afraid. You're yeah. You're afraid of like getting stranded on the side of the street. You're afraid of your boys laughing or at lose, you or losing or losing your job or whatever. And not to say that that's not a big deal, but when it's you not can, the same level, it's not the same, right? And so, right at some point, humans and not just men, because obviously, I I'm sure some women saw it too. Um. But at some point, people do have to stand up and say, I don't want to be associated with someone who behaves this way. And so in in the situation you talked about, you just didn't have to you didn't have to get in a car with him again. Right. You get home. You say, God, what an asshole. And you move on. You I didn't. And I, I, after right. that, I, I didn't spend any more time with this individual. Right. I, I never got into a car with him again. Right. Um, and you didn't. And, and that's not that's not. Ex- the same as what we're talking about. Somebody went to work with Ryan Adams every day. Somebody right. saw his behavior every day and thought, you know what? My paycheck is important here. And I, I've never been in that situation, so I can't entirely point fingers and I'm not sure what I would do. I'm just saying in an ideal world, we have to start standing up for people who aren't ourselves so mm-hmm. that this kind of behavior stops. And it has to be a, a large cultural shift. It can't just be one or two people hollering about it because then yes. you're just you're just the heavy and you can and be fired and replaced. Um, I'm saying as a general in in our industry, we have to uplift the people who are good, warm, kind human beings who are creative and interesting and wonderful and stop giving so much time and energy to these people who are just soul sucking yeah. monsters really across the board with women it kills and with me. Men. It kills me that like when people say you have to separate the art from the artist, like absolutely not. Absolutely not. Because no. there are too no. many talented people making great art who aren't awful humans and who aren't abusive to, oh, to yeah. give it to, to like justify giving any time to, to people who are, bad people i mean and think about all the music that could have been made all the great music that could have been made if women weren't bullied out of industries imagine if all the great product ideas like that could have existed if women weren't bullied out of those industries and just like the wonderful things because when you have diversity everything just gets better well i think this is well for, for two things one art is nothing without context and I think that's an important concept for us to grasp. You can't just take something completely out of context and for it to mean you're, you're risking a whole lot to do that. And two, I think this is where um, my comments about the whole men in quotation marks of these men not really being men comes into play. 
uh, and I, I just want to explain kind of what I mean by that. And um, not that I, yeah, I mean, where do I go with this? Uh, so I've, I've made comments before of like someone like a Ryan Adams is, is not a man. And obviously like, yes, he, he is clearly biologically a man. He is old enough. He has done his rites of passage for this culture or whatever. He's considered a man. But in, in my mind, that's someone who uses a man who uses their power to take advantage of other people is not fulfilling the role of what a man should be. And, and this is definitely a conversation that happens in a very binary context of, uh, of gender roles. And I think my definition of what it means to be a man, I've long since moved on to saying that this is just the definition of what it means to be well, a think, decent I human think, being. I think that you um, need before, to separate being a man from masculinity and what good masculinity looks like versus yes. bad masculinity. Because I feel like when a lot of yes. men say, say he's not a real man, that's just a way for them to separate themselves from this person that is that has that has visibly things in common with them and to just write it off well that's not a man that's not a man well it is a man it's part of your community it's a, it's a separation of toxic masculinity and proper healthy and just being yeah. a decent human being okay um, but right i agree with you to a certain extent but if you say that's not a man i mean from my perspective as a woman that is more uh indicative of manhood that behavior that screaming at women out the window of a, a moving vehicle that um being hit on by older much much older guys when i was you know 13 14 15 mm-hmm. that's what i i mean that's our cultural reference point for manhood that's way more common in my experience than than the good guys and and so I think that when you separate that out and say that's not real masculinity, it almost allows some men, not all men and not necessarily you. I can't believe I just said not all men. Um, <laughs> it, it allows them kind of to to write off that behavior and say, well, that's not that's not what I consider manhood. So I'm not going to have to deal with it. But that is part of masculinity in America specifically in the world in general. And I think we do have to grapple with. A, a new definition of manhood, but to say that isn't part of it currently, I think isn't, uh, I think that gives a, just too much leeway to these guys who have a tremendous amount of power. Yeah. I think it's just an opt out. I think that's really fair feedback. Thank you for sharing. That's really good to hear. Um, but I, I mean, obviously I'm married to a dude. I have a son. I have a, a, huge invested interest in making the world a better place for all people, which includes men, right? I have a gay son who's 13 years old. He doesn't want to grow up in that same way. He wants a different world just as much as I do. Um, And I think that it's really important to, to look at what changes need to be made. And then in general, the people who want those changes made, we have to work really hard for it. I mean, the, right. the powers that be aren't going to give it up. And that's where I see the defense of men like Ryan Adams. Some men really want to be able to continue to behave that way. They don't want to give that up at all. It's their birthright. Um, right, right. How dare you say no? Um, and here we are over here saying, God, no, gross. Get out of my way. I don't want any part of that. I refuse to advertise in your dumb magazine with the naked ladies in it. I refuse to be a part of this culture of 
you know, women holding guitars, but not playing them. Um, and there are so many rad women who are out there touring. Um, Speedy Ortiz opened for one of our friends' bands, Terramelos. Um, and she was just yeah. incredible. She oh, was so great. fun. Um, she was great. Chelsea oh. Wolf, uh, Emma Ruth Rundle. If you haven't checked out Helms Ali, which are from your neck of the woods, um, they're, they're just incredible. Um, the guy, the guitar player in it is, um, Ben Varellen from Varellen amps, which is my dream amplifier is one of his, uh, designs. There are just so many cool women out there putting the work in, um, and putting, you know, years and years and years, uh, into touring and playing and, um, I generally, I want to see them uplifted much more than having to focus on all these men who are just such a drag yeah. to our community, like a literal right. actual weight on our community holding us back. Yeah. That's something I can completely get on board with. Uh, let's I think it's something I am on board with. God, I hope so. Um, yeah. like, then why are you on this <laughs> podcast, Andrew? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, plot twist i'm really uh misogynistic uh, just, just, a red just you know he started the yeah. uh oh i don't even uh, issaquah branch of the mras oh god i had a close friend who got divorced and her husband ex-husband turned into a mra red pillar oh, after Lord. they divorced and that was the weirdest switch i've ever seen they're really unpleasant people to be around holy Yikes. cow so I, I guess um, I so after listening to what you have to say, uh, and I think it's really good perspective. I think I just want to maybe clarify, maybe rework a little bit of what I said, and maybe it, in the hopes that it makes a little bit more sense. Um, is uh, I, I guess I, I I really appreciate that that's uh, that, that that's trivializing the experience that a lot while a lot of women have had with men, and that. That kills me so much. Um, I, I I want to redefine. Uh, I want to. I want toxic masculinity to go to the dust, and I, I don't want that to have to be the the reference point for what women uh, ref, uh, experience with men. I, I don't want that to be the common denominator. I, I want that to go to the wayside. I mean, that kind of behavior. If that's what it means to be an alpha male, I want nothing to do with it. I mean, that that's that's just so disgusting on every level. Um, and if being a beta male means being someone who treats all people with, with kindness and respect and with justice and who uses their abilities to build other people up, sign me up. I mean, by all means. Um, and that's just kind of, that's what bothers me is I, I don't know. I, I no, I get it. Like, I, I mean, think I don't, about, I don't, I don't have a whole lot of well thought out. I just have a lot of emotions and a lot of discombobulated thoughts bouncing around in my head. And like I, I've said a couple of times before, this is all operating, operating, uh, operating in a, a, in a very binary sense, um, with the way that this conversation is framed. I'm not sure how to unframe it out of the binary into a more inclusive well, gender spectrum. Yeah. But. And I think that that's kind of an important point that, uh, binary gender in and of itself is really limiting. Right. So, right. I am, uh, I mean, I consider myself a, a woman, a female, but I'm certainly not, I'm not very girly. 
I wear jeans and hoodies all the time. And I would prefer my version of, of gender to be left alone. I don't really care what anybody else has to say about it. Um, and my son is operating in the same way. And my daughters are both very different people. Um, and I have a lot of, I, I want to be able to kind of get rid of that whole binary gender spectrum in general, because it's re it's, it's not helpful anymore. You know, I think we have mm -hmm. understanding beyond that. Um, and I think toxic masculinity plays into that, that that is holding both genders, um, in the same way that it has been for hundreds of years. Right. And we can move beyond that if we allow it, if we choose to, we can be more than we've ever been before just by lifting that kind of patriarchal version of womanhood and manhood off of everybody. Right. Um, and so I, I absolutely agree with you. Um, and my only complaint is that is currently what our, our version of womanhood and manhood is framed as because we still live in a very patriarchal society. Um, right. But I think we're all on the same team in that we want to see that part gone. That's not what we want anymore. Um, and I, and I am encouraged that things are changing so dramatically, um, in our industry with bands like against me. I mean, who would have thought that somebody would come out, um, as trans and in, in a band. Oh, as that blew my mind in like a really good way. Right? I was like, wow. I mean, that was, yeah, exactly. And you know, Debbie ever has been doing that work in the gear industry for like 15 years. Um, and whatever drama surrounds her is kind of irrelevant um, because she has put in the work of making people know that there are, that, that trans is, uh, how do I say this? It's common. It's normal. Gender isn't as strict as people want it or see it as, um, and she has been such a, a light and frantone. Um, I mean, there have been people in our industry for a long time trying to break down those gender roles. Um, and, you know, they've been kind of chewed up and spit out by our industry for it. Um, but it is there and it is changing and there are a lot of encouraging things coming. Um, but we've still got a long way to go, which is just, obvious when you look at stupid articles about stupid guys like Ryan Adams. Yeah, right. I mean, I just, I want to live in a world where being a decent human being and the values that are associated with that aren't attached to any sort of label. It's just, that's a normal and accepted. And that's what we all, that the kind of people yeah. that we surround ourselves with. And I'm not sure we're, that, that's a, that's a goal that I'm not sure we will ever get to, unfortunately. Um, but I think we can make progress yeah. in that direction. And we got to start with ourselves so. and the people that we can, you know, influence the most. I mean, I talk to other women all the time. Like we have to talk to the men in our lives about the things that we experience because they don't experience them. Right. And that's where the, that's where the concept of believing women comes in. And that's where I think it, the, the conversations are so difficult online. Cause I could scream and shout and jump up and down online all day long, uh, trying to get people to understand um what we go through right as a female musician as a gigging musician what you know what the sound guys treated me like and other women in my stupid small town where there's only a couple sound guys um only one of whom is crappy um but those kinds of things 
men just don't don't want to hear it from some random woman on the internet. So we have to go into our personal lives and have difficult conversations and men have to have open ears and open hearts and women have to have yeah. open ears and open hearts because this has to be a discussion, a two-way street about the ways in which masculinity limits everyone. And then we all have to be willing to let it go and move on and change the way we behave. And that's hard as f right? I mean, changing long patterns uh, is really yeah. difficult. That's well said. Um, on that note, we've been recording for a while. Um, yeah. Yeah. My husband just texts me. He's like, are you still <laughs> podcasting? Should I go to the store? Uh, our children. Oh, yeah. Dinner. Forgot about that time zone change. Yeah. He's he's fine. They're fine. They're not going to starve. Uh, they won't starve. No. There's peanut butter and jelly in my house. It's fine. Um, Yeah. Awesome. Uh, yeah. So everybody listening, thanks so much for listening. Thanks for understanding. Um, please join our Facebook group. I do a visual thread for most episodes. It's kind of fun. Um, and you can get super cool uh, deals and be on the inside knowledge when we do things like run contests we just ran that mount hood contest shout out to everyone who bought one you guys helped make this podcast possible in your amazing yes and we have video. more fun things coming soon um thanks again to louise coming at us from eau claire wisconsin thanks for having me you guys yeah fun. anytime uh anything uh special you want to shout out before we peace out i don't think so i'm bad at this i should have had like a tagline ready here Get your uh, grazers. Yeah, get your grazers. <laughs> uh, we've got a new gold thunder, gold standard Eau Claire Thunder coming out in the next uh, month or so. So check out our website, dwarfcraft.com. Nice. Yes. And uh, Andrew, anything else from you before we log off? Uh, yeah, I guess I just want to uh, echo off of you is join the Facebook community, be a part of these conversations. Uh, the conversations don't end when we uh, stop this recording. This is We talk about cats a lot more on the Facebook group too. So if you like cats. We do talk about cats. Yes. Please share your cat, cat memes. Um, all the cat memes. I want to see your I want to see your cats um, in but your seriously, no, like, cases. Oh, I've got cats on synthesizers. I'll yes. have to yes, jump over and and share a couple of uh, Lucy. Yay. Um, no, seriously, join the conversation. Let's talk about this. I know that uh uh, we all have different experiences and I, I want to hear from you. Uh, if you got a different, if you have any questions, if you want to push back a little bit, we are committed to having uh, humility, empathy, and yes. respect for everyone uh, along the spectrum of this conversation or whether this is a new concept to you that women are treated differently as industry. And you just want to know more uh, if you're, uh, I mean, I, I, yeah, if you disagree with this entirely, like, please just, is all I ask is that you be respectful. Yes, uh, please don't call us a, bad a names. Conversation. That would be preferred, yeah. although I probably deserve it. Um, but not for this. Right. For other things. Yes. Being a terrible human being in general. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, please join the conversation. That's what we want. So, yeah, we're into um, that. You have, you have my promise to be um, respectful and understanding uh, as long as you are. Yeah, so. absolutely. Well, thanks again, everybody. Um, again, I'm Emily. I'm Andrew. And I'm Louise from Dwarfcraft Devices. Bye. 
by 